Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I am so excited to have Lucy Lynch. She's a singer, songwriter, and soul alchemist. I got the pleasure of meeting you actually over a month ago now, but I did a, what I think we call the voice activation class. And I was brought to tears at the end of it, which is, um, uh, I would say not <laughs> it, not out of the ordinary these days, but I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. So welcome. Thank you. Aloha. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And um, yeah, I, 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 I love everything about voice, activating voices, music, sound, um, bringing, bringing the, the world into like a, a good vibration, so to speak. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit about your background. Um, so born and raised in Germany and then uh, very quickly discovered my love for traveling. So I became fairly early in life a, a, a traveling poet. So I would uh, write my own songs and travel around and sing those songs for people. And um, as a child already, I was organizing theater plays in elementary school. Apparently, I, I don't have like a really clear memory of that, but I, you know, I see photos and everything. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting because I studied theater. So I have my major in theater and musical theater. And that was kind of like my thing. When I was done with um, university, I fairly quickly created my own first project, like a one woman musical show where I took all of my inner drama, all of my inner conflicts in relationships, in health, in everything. And I created this character on stage that was kind of like, that I utilized to really share, like to really open my throat to say what I really think. But I could always say, well, it's not me, it's my character that I created. Like a little bit like an alter ego. And yeah. I did that for quite a while. So that's my background is really, um, I studied also a little bit of Gestalt therapy and there the same thing naturally happened that I utilized that and I utilized my inner committee, my inner characters and I created theater plays with other actors where, where different actors were representing different emotions inside of people, like family constellation work, but on stage. And so that was always my passion to utilize art and expression to express emotions and what's going on. So that's kind of like a little bit my my background. Yeah. Yeah. It's so uh, it's you have a very uh 
amazing background and I know your future is going to be amazing too. I think what really captured me in your class was the power of using your vocal cords uh, to release energy. And I think a lot of people dealing with fertility issues have, um, you know, either by their family or society, um, just have been told to be quiet, right? Um, Quiet yourself down. No one likes a loud woman. No one likes big emotions. You know, for me, it was don't cry. Wendy the Weiner's not invited. Um, And just, I think that, with my studies, um, with the holistic side and the functional side, seeing these two marry with um, the emotional side actually manifesting into physical um, issues, which have contributed to many of our fertility issues, not allowing to really vocalize our, our emotions. And whether that be fear or sadness or anger or disappointment or joy or singing or love or laughter or sexuality, right? Like all of these emotions we've really bottled up. And I I just really resonated with what you were saying about how important that throat area is to utilize to do that. So can you just explain to us like why you think it's so important to really tap into that throat area and express yourself? Yeah, there's so many, uh, so many areas. Uh, that I could uh, speak to. So first of all, there is really a very, very deep connection between the throat and our uterus and our roots. You know, we even have the nerve called the vagus nerve that is, you know, connecting. And so when you really think about it, uh, and and even there, we have so much shame around it, right? Shame mm-hmm. about our sexuality. And then if me, if I as a as a vocal coach would come along and say, well, you know, like. If you sing, you also sing with your vagina, basically. It sounds a little bit like, oh my God, like this lady, like what's what's wrong with, with her, you know? But I'm always a fan of having also a lot of fun and lightness yeah. because then you can actually start trying out those things, like really be, get creative, like go into the roots, go into your uterus, feel into your womb. And then from there, create a sound and see what wants to come up. And many times when we do that the first time, I get even chills. It's many of us have never even tried that. And then we do that and it's this, wow, I, it feels different. I, you know, I, I feel the difference. I have worked with women who had extreme menstrual cramps, for example. And when I do the vocalization exercises with them, the cramps get less, you know, so there is that connection. And I feel like when we're really tight, like when we're really like, you know, like it's like you're squeezing our butthole, squeezing our, you know, our butt cheeks and like holding ourselves together because the, the primal fear area is also at our sacrum, right? Like mm-hmm. in Germany, we actually have that saying, you squeeze your cheek butts together and you go through a challenging situation. Yeah. <laughs> literally a thing that we, and so I can feel that in my life when I get scared, I do that. I'm like, oh. And then I think, oh my God, do I have sciatica? And it's like, no, 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 you were just scared and you, you know, you held back. And the same way it's connected to the throat. So the more we actually free that throat and then we move the body with that. 
maybe you know circle our hips yeah move move everything yeah move the uterus so to speak then we can actually really release emotions that are stuck there and of course singing and sounding in any way it doesn't matter if we moan if we if we like scream and joy or just like ah, i need to release something it it really releases these these beautiful hormones of feeling good mm-hmm. and how can that not have a positive effect on our body right how yeah. can that not have a positive effect on our body and i always say for myself be less serious and focus on the mysterious. Mm-hmm. So meaning, look like, be curious like a child. It's like, oh, wow, what happens if I feel into my uterus? And what would my uterus sing right now? Mm-hmm. What would my ovaries sing right now? Yeah. And playfully explore that. And miracles can happen. I believe. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I think this stems for many of our childhoods that we literally during the time of exploring and releasing and having that innate reaction to things, right? Like kids are not taught to cry. Kids are not taught to scream or shout or laugh or any of those things. They do those naturally. And um you know, for centuries, we've been told to stop, stop shouting, you're too loud, stop singing, you're, you know, like, don't cry, you know, like, why are you crying over this silly thing? And and so we get taught at such a young age, that those are not um, the correct way to release those emotions, right? So they start storing up. Yeah, shame. shame. We're shamed. And also, we're learning very easy and very quickly that it's not safe to express ourselves Mm -hmm. immediately when we do that. And like you said, it doesn't matter if we cry or laugh or uh, scream or shout um, or we sing it's it, it immediately feels like we are expressing and we get like immediately like a resistance. Yeah. Right. At some point we quiet down because we feel then I'm safe then I can, then, then I'm, then, then the world is at peace. But what we forget is then it all gets stuck within Mm -hmm. because it's not that those emotions go away. It's not that you don't still feel joy. It's not that you don't still feel rage. It's not that you don't still want to scream from the mountaintop, but then we keep it inside for a long time. And um, yeah, that's, it's so true. And I, I had so many experiences when women came to me, you know, at a very late, like what is late in these days, but late in the sense of, I will never forget at this beautiful woman, she was in her sixties and she came to me and she was like, when I was five years old, my mother told me I have a horrible singing voice. I stopped singing. So now imagine 55 years old, she said she didn't even sing happy birthday to her husband or to her children. And so that was the song we then started out with. And, um, you know, I think she had maybe like five sessions, you know, at the end of it, uh, when that was done. And then at some point she called me and she was just crying in joy because she had finally sung happy birthday at the party of her husband. And it was like the most freeing experience. And so, yeah, we, we can hear those things very early in life and we 
absolutely believe it's the truth. And it's mm-hmm. so interesting because I also believe we also hear uh, it's we also hear maybe oh hey you have a great voice or hey let's sing or da 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 but we there is something where we take this one thing where someone said it maybe it was the tone maybe it was the right moment where we were absolutely receptive for it but we take that in and that sprouts yeah and maybe i want to even say that maybe even her mother had a bad day maybe her mother had a fight with the father maybe her mother was in the car annoyed by the traffic and that's why it came out but mm-hmm. that was in that moment it was the pact i don't know you know yeah. like, it was the contract to be like that's gonna sprout and it's gonna be a theme right and it's gonna be a theme and it and you carry it on and you know, like animals, if you watch animals um, in nature, especially the after like an animal gets attacked, they sit and they shake their bodies out, right? Yeah. They get that energy out and they go on like nothing's ever happened, right? Where we have obviously very different brains and, you know, the vagan nerve and all that. And we internalize that one sentence that someone said to us. And we had let it just like, yeah, grow, 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 grow. Um, what do you think with the throat? I loved when you were talking about how there's like two different, is there two different like mechanisms in there? So we have basically, you know, in our throat, we have the vocal cords that that sit there, that live there, right? And they kind of, they are like muscles and they vibrate together, right? And then they, when we, when we speak, they kind of rub against each other. And then it's, it's so powerful also to see the, the way our autonomy in the face, the way our jaw is shaped, the way our sinuses are, you know, twisted and turned, the way our teeth, everything in combination with our vocal cords are creating our um, unique voice. Mm-hmm. And so even if someone, some people have a little more space maybe between their vocal cords or um, let's say, uh, a little more air flows through so sometimes then the voice can sound a little more airy that and that that's the reason it has so many different reasons and then we come in with all the judgments right? yeah and I always say can we just start out with accepting your voice exactly the way it is and then though I also say so we start there but then there is techniques their vocal cords are like muscles. And if you train them, and if you learn how to utilize your breath, if you, you can change your voice, you can change the power and the strength of your voice as well. But I really believe it is much easier and much less painful when we can first agree that the voice that you've been given is exactly perfect for now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just know that you can use your voice in so many different ways, right? So, I mean, I did it the other day in the car. I don't even know why I was frustrated. And I was like in this like really bad space and my boys were having fun with the music. And so I decided to just start screaming and they, they thought it was hilarious, right? They didn't really know what I was doing, 
But I was like, I just need to scream this out. I don't even know what I'm dealing with right now. Like nothing like bad happened, but I feel this in my body. So this is the way I'm going to get it out. And I did like five really big, annoying screams. They're laughing in the back, which obviously made me laugh. I'm laughing at myself that I'm screaming down the highway, you know, like, and that was it. I was done. I was, I was over whatever internalized in my body. And I don't think that, um, us as women and men realize the power of the humming of the chanting of the, um, singing of the screaming of the, of of even just the breath work and talking, right? And um, I don't know, do you have like a personal experience or like a client experience that um, they had like just this big energetic release by learning like a simple technique um, to just really kind of elevate their life, even maybe in a physical sense? I feel like I mean first that's really how I came uh, to to singing was so I was uh, around 13 years old I was highly anorexic so I was definitely swallowing everything down I wasn't really able to um, say anything much in those days Mm -hmm. um, because it didn't feel safe to do so and so I and it's funny I I have it very clearly that memory where I was upstairs in in my room and it's funny that I'm here right now in this house, but um, I was upstairs in my room. And until then, I had tried already to sing a little bit with a friend who she played the guitar. And I was also maybe a little jealous of that because it was so cool and mm-hmm. everything. She was a little older than, than me, you know, and we were hanging out at the time. And then and people were saying, oh, yeah, you know, you know, this sounds all right, you know, but um it, it was, I was still also kind of just shy about her. I didn't really make a big deal about it. And I didn't have any technique. I, I, I wasn't really, it, it wasn't loud. It wasn't this, it wasn't that. And so that day in the, in, in the room, I had, I think I just had a fight again here at home or something. I ran into my room upstairs. I closed the door behind me and I just sang it out. And it was literally, I sounded like a gospel singer. And um, I even remember because I'm German, right? So it was not necessarily like, but I remember it came out in like English and it was not even uh, perfect, but it didn't matter. It, it said something like, I am so alone. My, my mother left me and my, and my mother and father, they left me alone. What, what am I supposed to do? Something like very simple like that. And so I was belting that out and I didn't know that a friend of mine had just come up the stairs to yeah to just visit me to to, to play. So, and she then you know knocked at the door and then she came. She said, "Wow, like I didn't know that you you should be a singer, you know." And it literally, I mean, that moment literally changed my life. And it was really, uh, it was really because I sang out the emotions. Yeah. And so I really, you know, that's just my personal experience. And I have really very many of those experiences with clients specifically actually when we are utilizing a different language or even i'm utilizing a lot of what's now in these days called light language right but you know in a loving way you can also say you know some of my clients then say but this is gibberish what do you mean by light language you know but call it whatever you want it doesn't matter what it is is 
utilizing your voice, giving your emotions that sound, singing it out. And I've seen people like break down in tears, breaking out laughing, shaking their body. And after that, I don't know, you know, going on a journey of losing weight, leaving a toxic relationship, going traveling. So mm-hmm. many things I have witnessed where I was so, and it's not necessarily, you know, I wouldn't take the credit really, because I always feel like I'm just the, the voice doula. I'm just, yeah. birth, I'm helping them birthing their voice, you know, but in the end, I'm just there giving a space for someone to feel safe to do that, to feel safe, to sing gibberish, even though they feel kind of silly and they've never done this before. But then what, what comes out of it is, is profound because for me, it's literally, I, I see things in a very childlike way. So let's, for me, emotions are people. So in my, in my body, it's, it's the um, community house. So, and let's say there's a living room in my heart area. And then I have all these emotions that are sitting there, like grief, anger, joy, excitement, orgasmic ecstasy. Like they're all hanging out in that room and they are like having coffee and tea and stuff. And so then over time though, more and more are coming. So if I'm not expressing them and releasing them, it gets so crowded in there and all the dishes and everything, it gets like too crowded. So for me, it's literally attending to these inner characters and giving them the spotlight. Yeah. Allowing them to be focused on and be loved too, to be like, man, anger. I mean, how many times the favorite moment, I think for not only for me, but also for the audience and my one woman show was when my inner character, it was the character of complete release. And I was crawling on all four, all fours through the audience, singing like the way I do from Eliza Etheridge, crawling on people's laps, touching them because there was this like sexy thing that was in there that wanted to come out, you know? Yeah. And, and I just found a way to express it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people have a space to do that, right? No. Or they're in their heads so much that there's like shame or embarrassment or, you know, those things. And I know that I personally have been through this journey for many years now um, of, of acceptance of that. And realizing that I have to use my voice in a way to relieve those emotions, like you say, and um, physically as well, right? You know, the movement, I think, is almost like a part of that, right? So like when you're actually even screaming, you are tensing up all those muscles and then releasing it. Right. Or like I, there's a part in my course uh, where I talk about the different ways to release. I'm like, grab a baseball bat, grab a broom handle and go beat the shit out of something. Right. Like when you're really angry, like, you know, you, you get a negative pregnancy test or like something fails, like go get that anger out of you. Do not sit there and let it fester. And then when you want that joy, you know, whatever movements that bring you joy a walk outside or dancing or you know things like that like bring that into your life and start really connecting with those energies in a way that 
like you say, a childlike way where kids just naturally do it, right? Like I watch my two little boys and I know sometimes my husband's not nearly as woo-woo as I am. He'll be like kind of like starting to get judgmental about what they're doing. And I am like, do not even go there. You let them do that because that's their innate way of being. And you don't do it anymore because you were told that you were a boy and you weren't allowed, right? And the, you know, another big element I think that's really important to touch on is that the voice, the way we see music and voice has changed so much, you know, in many cultures, it used to be very, it used to be like, we get together, mm-hmm. we sing, we have fun, we dance around a fire, we express ourselves, we even, I don't know, we cast away ghosts, or, you know, like all these different uh, you yeah. know, things that are out there. And then it became this, like, you have to sound pretty, you have to look pretty, mm-hmm. and it's like a one-person show, and then it's like America's Got Talent, and American Idol, and it's a certain style of singing, and everybody wants to sound the same, nobody, blah, 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 all of that, right? Yeah. And again, not for me, there's nothing wrong with all of those things, but it's it kind of carried us away a little bit from the beautiful healing and therapeutic element that voice and music brings and it became much more superficial in in you know in in my point of view and i'm really only speaking for myself but so seeing many women and or on the other hand also this might not even be a word but holyfying it you know for me yes (laughs) okay we're getting together and we're just um and there is there's a beautiful space for that as well, but it creates the same where some women might join a circle like that. And then it's like, oh, I feel like, I don't know. I don't look good in a white robe and my voice doesn't sound good with this yeah. song. Like I can't yeah. do this. And so, and again, I think there should be room for all of it. Like there yeah. should be rooms for, for women in beautiful robes dancing and swooning under the moon, moon and sounding like sirens. But there should also be a room, I think, for women screaming and taking broomsticks and, you yeah. know, it's not, it's not inclusive anymore, basically, yeah. right? Exactly. Like, and that's, I think, all of us, wherever our tribe, wherever our tribes were, let's say, like 500 to 1000 years ago, their women were celebrated and they all got together and danced and moved and singed. I like I even bring it back to like washing the dish, dishes, right? Like, thank God for dirty dishes. Like, yeah, that's that's great. But like, why is it such a shit chore? Right? Like, why can't I be happy? And it's like, well, our ancestors used to do this together in the river, touching nature, probably singing and sharing stories. And here I am by myself in a house you know, like mundane stuff, you know, so these, these things have so dramatically changed for us. And I also think that we're not going to go super deep into it. But yeah, like a part of the religion that has shunned women's sexuality down has played a huge part in our suppression. And I actually just watched the, um, the Elvis movie with my mom there's like a movie out with Elvis and I was laughing my head off 
at the scene where he first comes onto the stage and all they're all sat right there was no like dancing or movement in those days they all had to sit and watch the song and these women were like because they over dramatized or dramatic I know it, right and they're just screaming and they just the energy and like they're like all that repressed emotion is finally allowed to go and they're just screaming and, and I was laughing my head off because like that's what happens when you bottle people up right? Yeah. They are going to explode at some point. And Elvis was just like a vessel of, you know, the, the detonator. <laughs> but I loved it. And you know what, talking about, you know, also fertility, where it's so much about receiving, right? Mm -hmm. We need to make room to also receive to then let something grow. And I also sometimes wonder, if we are still so stuck and stiffed and it's so packed in there with all these emotions and mm -hmm. all this shame and all the judgment, like how can we really receive, right? Yeah. How can we really open up and receive and to then make room, so to speak, make room for something to so special and so gracious and sweet to grow within us. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I know it sounds really fucked up to say, but like people who are listening to this podcast are like ready to open their consciousness. And it is frustrating when you see unhealthy drug addicts, people who are have really messed up situations, just get pregnant easily. Right. And that's the physical side of things. That's the genetic side of things. And what I say to people is like, when you're in this space and you're dealing with fertility issues, it's your time to short sort your shit out make room for a healthy loving relationship for your child to be and all everyone who's followed me for a while um they know that I can a hundred percent confidently say that I would have been a really shit mom and I probably would have been divorced if I had kids when I wanted kids at 27 wow. right like I am so grateful that um, the tell end of my journey, I started working out these things. I started making room and then it just allowed me to continue growing, um, during motherhood. And, um, what a lot of people don't realize is that your children, um, start triggering you. And if you don't have this conscious awareness that, um, that it's really about you. Like when you get upset at your kid, it's like actually your internal bullshit. You just, you know, continue on the trauma, right? Whether that be big trauma or little trauma, like I'm not comparing traumas, but like for me, it would be the crying. Like my second son used to send me over the fucking edge with his crying. And because I was consciously aware and because I was working with someone, I was able to figure out that that and that actually was my parents' emotions towards me when I was crying and that internalized in my body and I hadn't yet released it. So it was my job to start releasing that bullshit and not put it onto my kid, right? Like his crying had nothing to do with me right? It was his way of his expressing his emotions. And I had to make space for that. But to make space for that, I gotta, like you say, you got to get rid of your own shit in there. So yeah, it, it's incredibly important. It's all linked and it's all tied. And I'm just so excited that we get to have these types of conversations now. Because 10 years ago, I mean, sure, there's going to be 
people out there think that we're super loopy, but um, there's other people that are going to really resonate with this. And that's what we're here for, to connect with those who maybe, you know, feel stuck, feel that it's a throat issue. A lot of people dealing with thyroid issues, really yes. big um, to tap into that mental and emotional aspect to help release um, some of that stored trauma that's happened. Yeah. And also, you know, with, with anxiety, stress, PTSD, like there's so many things where it's so healing, like just the power of humming and mm. alone, you know, we don't even have to go into, you know, song in a way we can just, just humming, you know, like do your dishes and hum while you're doing that. Yeah. You, know, you can yeah. create a beautiful environment in your body. Your cells will react to it. Yeah. Your cells feel that because we are energy and vibration, you know. So yeah, exactly. It's a very soothing quality to that. Um, we also know that when we're not in such a good mood, but we put on a really great piece of music, we dance, we go on a trampoline and we sing along, we feel better. So it's really always these, it's really very simple also to utilize our throat to express ourselves. It doesn't have to be the perfect scale singing and the perfect song that we create and everything. That can all be part of it. But to really start with the basics, like with that first step, and then we build on that, and then we build on that. And next thing you know, um, you create a little tune for yourself. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I, I could literally just talk to you all day, but um, let our audience know where they can find you. You find me um, everywhere on social media, um, Instagram, Facebook. Um, even on TikTok recently. Um, but the best way to listen to my music, my meditations is actually on Bandcamp. So okay. you just put in Lucy Lynch, L-U-C-I-E-L-Y-N-C-H Bandcamp, or you go to lucylynchmusic.com and there you find, yeah, all my music. You can reach out to me. I'm fairly accessible and yeah, always reach out. I'm excited to support with singing sounding expressing and just be everything of the beautiful you that you came here to be and let your voice become part of the beautiful chorus of life really yeah well yeah. i have personally witnessed and shared beautiful experiences with you and i'm excited to do them in the future as well when your life calms down a little bit uh, <laughs> and are you on spotify yes i'm on spotify okay. same thing lucy lynch and lucy and the perfect wave but i think start with my name and then it will guide you everywhere yeah all my fun endeavors i know right there's so many places to be well, thank you so much again for coming on, sharing your wisdom and your experience. And um, I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.